Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And how many of you know that Scripture says God will complete the work that He started in you? Philippians chapter 1. Sometimes you're in the midst of it going, man, when? When is the, the answer to prayer coming? When is it going to happen? How long is it going to be? What, what is God going to do? God says, I will, I will bring it to completion. Whatever God has started in you, be certain. Have peace in knowing that whatever God has started in you, if you will allow Him, He will finish it. And they finished their journey here, this particular journey, where their journey had begun. They came back. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do what? The work, I like how this is phrased, the work they had now completed. All right? So they had completed the work. God is a finisher. How many of you in here are strong starters? Raise your hand. Super strong starters. How many of you are pretty good finishers? Raise your hand. All right, all right. I knew you were going to raise your hand too, sis. I knew. She's like, ah, I'm, I'm about more than starting. I'm about more than finishing. I, I mean, more than just starting, I'm about finishing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Some folks just start a lot, right? <laughs> that's okay. Keep starting and keep finishing. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith. To the Gentiles too, who are Gentiles, once again, all throughout the book of Acts. These, this is the history of the Acts of the Apostles of the early church. And Gentiles are non-Jews. This was a big deal back then. This was groundbreaking because now Jewish believers were deliberately, willfully, and consciously going out of their way to minister the word to Gentiles. That had never happened before. And historically, Gentiles had joined Jewish synagogues. If you uh, look into Scripture, we believe there are many non-Jews who even left Egypt with the Jews. There were some non-Jews who left with them as well. So there were always Gentiles attached to the Jewish people somehow and who were even faithful to God. But this was an outright move of God to look, hey, Jewish people, my people, it's time for the Gentiles to come in. And God did it, and He did it. And we're going to get to the place. This is called, this, is refer, this, this era in history is referred to as the time of the Gentiles. My dad's been talking about this a lot lately, the past several months. And we don't know when the last non-Jew will accept Jesus, but I believe it will be soon. And then it will be time for the people of Israel again to accept Jesus once again. Okay? Many folks say, man, well, why, why aren't all Jews just believers? Man, Jesus was Jewish. The Lord came down in the form of a Jew, man, to, to save his people. Yeah, John chapter 1 says he came to his own and his own did not recognize him. How hurtful is that? But originally, our Christian faith, the roots of our Christian faith, our spiritual legacy is very Jewish. It began with the Jews because God... He promised Abraham, through your seed I will bless all of the people of the earth. And because of Abraham's relationship with God and the Jewish people's relationship with God, God brought himself in the form of Jesus through the Jewish people, right? But throughout history, even the Nazis called themselves Christians. And they killed Jews in, in that name. And that's terrible. That's why to this day you don't have Jewish Christians. You have Jewish believers. They call themselves Messianic meaning they believe Jesus is the Messiah. They have a hard time with that term Christian 
because many of them have been slaughtered in the name of Christianity, and that's terrible. That is not their fault. That was always a plan of the enemy to persecute the Jews that way. So they stayed there with the believers for a long time. Where? Antioch of Syria. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, once again, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a claim. That is a physical act. It is the cutting of the foreskin saying we of males, saying we have a covenant with God. That was the original covenant. So, but they're saying if you don't do it, you can't be saved. Now, this, this is a problem now in the New Testament gospel that we believe in. And look, look, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing, arguing vehemently. The word vehemently means very passionately, maybe even loudly. Maybe the veins popped out in their neck. Maybe they sweated. I don't know. But vehemently means they argued with all of their heart. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by whom? Some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. Now, this gets good. This is very interesting. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem. Why do you think they sent the delegates to Jerusalem? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because that is where the church was founded in power, basically. It's the, it's the center of where the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so that was the main church. That was like the, mother, the true mother church, okay? Not Baptist, not Catholic, not Methodist, not Episcopalian or Presbyterian or anything else, but it was the birthing of the new covenant, the New Testament church in Jerusalem, right? So they sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers, of course. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too, the non-Jews, were being converted. They were, what's converted? They were accepting Jesus. They were putting their faith in God through Jesus, all right? So when they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. Why do, you, why do you think they reported everything God had done through them? Did you know when people hear your story, it builds faith? That's why I like to do that on Wednesday nights. The fancy church word for it is testimony. When I say, does anyone have good news? It's a testimony. What is, what is it a testimony to? It is people reminding each other that, hey, God is faithful. God is powerful. Look at what God did for me. So that's why Paul and Barnabas, they began to share everything that God had done through them. Not to brag, but to give all glory to God. Look at this. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees, remember the Pharisees were the ones originally who gave Jesus a lot of trouble, but many of them had come to know the Lord and believe in Jesus after he died and rose again. But many who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts, listen, they have to be circumcised. And what else? Required to follow the law of Moses. Of course, they're old school. A little traditional there, maybe a little religious. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve this issue. This is good. After the meeting, after a long discussion, man, wouldn't that have been some discussion? Can you imagine telling Jews who have been believers, believers in God, Jehovah God, Adonai, the God of the Jews for thousands of years, telling him, look, are we going to force the new converts to do all this that we had to do? Are we going to force them to be, become Old Testament believers to receive the new covenant? But at the meeting, after a long discussion, once again, Peter stood and addressed them as follows. Peter, 
one of the apostles, one of the inner circle of Jesus, man. He messed up. He did great. He believed. He walked on water. He sank. He, be, he denied Jesus. Man, he redeemed himself. He was just something else. He was all over, but man, he loved God. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. What is the word for? Oh, it's just the word. It's something beautiful we have on the coffee table. Word for the day. No, the word is meant for you to believe. That's what the word is for. God knows people's hearts, doesn't he? And he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit. Do you remember where Peter first experienced that? It was at the home of Cornelius, wasn't it? Remember? God showed his approval to the Gentiles, and he showed them a welcome into the kingdom of God by giving them the same Holy Spirit he had given the Jews. And he confirmed that he... That he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. What is the vision of God forever? The vision of God is to have earth filled with his sons and daughters. Do you think he cares about color? Oh, he loves color. Say, man, is he worried about this? Is he worried about this certain number? No, God is worried about the human race. We're all part of the human race. The human race. I find it fascinating that sometimes people discriminate based on color or background or culture, the way people talk English with an accent or if they do or don't or where they're from. But it is a scientific fact, and I don't mean political science. I mean real scientific fact that many times, this has happened many times, with kidney donors, heart donors, different organs. That doctors have found donors for someone who needed an organ that was a better match than their own brother or sister or mom or dad. And they don't look nothing like each other. Maybe a Chinese, maybe black, maybe white, maybe yellow, but different colors. And it didn't matter why, because they're the human race. I find that fascinating. You know, your physical appearance has very little to do with your DNA. Very little to do. It's just what everybody sees. And what did the Lord tell the, uh, Samuel the prophet? He said, man looks on the outward. Sorry, that was loud. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> That's my cough drop. Sorry. Say, man, he, he was so excited he ground his tooth and broke it. That was a cough drop. Sorry for those listening on the live stream and those listening to the recording later. I love it. I love this verse. It says, he made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. Man, that is the power of missionaries, too. My grandpa and grandma Treadwell, they were so excited about the word, man, and God called them to missions. They went to seminary and different things, and they, man, they were ready to go. And they felt, they felt called to people of color. Man, talk about some white folk from Texas. Grandpa learned Spanish and Portuguese. And I always love bragging on him. He's in heaven now. But man, he could preach without notes in three languages. And the guy was from Rogers, Texas. They used to shoot squirrels out of trees and eat them and stuff like that. And slingshots and stuff. Country folk had horses instead of vehicles for a long time. And he could preach in three languages without notes, Spanish, English, and Portuguese. 
And grandpa and grandma loved people of color. It didn't work out for them to go to Africa. I don't know if it's because grandma wasn't well at the time. I don't remember the full story. But they ended up going to Brazil. It was closer, I guess. I don't know. And they did a lot of work in Brazil. Many people don't know this, but my mom's first language was Portuguese. <laughs> and then later on, they did mission work in Panama. And my mom graduated from high school in Panama. All because... The Lord made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. There are believers of every color. I love that. I love it that God, that we are God's people. The enemy has, has attacked our people. He said, oh man, Matt, you mean Hispanics or white folks or whatever you are? No, our people, the human race. The enemy has attacked us for so long to keep the truth of the gospel from being spread. But he cannot resist. He can't understand. Scripture says, the light shines in the darkness, one translation says, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness can't stop it. You say, man, well, there's a lot of darkness over there. Well, that means the light's going to shine brighter there because he made no distinction between us and them. There is no distinction between us. God loves us all the same. Men, women, Greek and Jew, Scripture says. That's Scripture's way of saying every color. Every background, doesn't matter who you are, what your past is, God loves you. He has cleansed our hearts through faith. Let's go on to the next verse. I love what the Apostle Peter is saying here. Look at this. He says, so why are you now challenging God? Isn't that a powerful thing to tell people? He's saying, look, this debate isn't against us or each other. Why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke? Look at the point he's making. I kind of alluded to this a while ago. You're trying to burden the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear. Over 600 precepts in the Old Testament, in the law, is what rabbis say. 600 plus. The Ten Commandments are a lot for most people. Ten. Not including, man, let's sacrifice a bird, let's have a goat, we're going to lay our hands on it, we're going to burn this, we're going to leave the lamp burning, there's going to be bread of the presence. What? You're going to have to wear special garments, the priests to go, and they got to go repent for the people, and you're sacrificing animals, and the problem with sacrificing all those poor little animals was it only covered sin. But Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I love this. Look at what it says. We believe that we're all saved the same way. Oh, no, there's many different ways to. No, Scripture says there is one mediator between God and mankind, and that is Jesus Christ. He's the only way to get to heaven. We believe we're all saved the same way by the undeserved grace, the empowerment and favor of the Lord Jesus. Man, that is good stuff. So everyone, listen quietly. As Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them, among the Gentiles. I love it how Peter said, y'all are about ready to put a burden on these people that we couldn't even handle. It was, a bur it was, it was what it was, a burden. I've seen people do that, put burdens on people, man, make it real hard on them to serve God. Why? Why would you do that? I've seen people in churches do that. I, I'm a church boy. I grew up in church. And I remember some people discouraging others by saying, oh, no, man, it's tough. It's tough. What? Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are some things in Christianity, serving God, being a believer, that are challenging. But, man, can you imagine telling people, man, you know, 
I don't know if you want to be a believer, man. It's tough. <laughs> scripture says they preached the word gladly. You've, you've heard that in Scripture? Gladly. Sell them on it. Say, man, why do I have to sell You You tell them how exciting it is to have your your sin forgiven and to have a relationship with God. There's nothing that compares to that. When they had finished, James stood, the pastor of the major church there in Jerusalem. I like this. He said, brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. It's always been, that's always been God's plan is that you would be someone for him. That he would be your God. And your God, and your God, and your God, and your God. A people for himself. What is the next verse? And this conversion, conversion just meaning in this translation, that they believed and they were converted. Converted means changed, right? Changed through believing. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. As it is written, Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord. Someone say, seek the Lord. Uh-huh. Including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine. I love that. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment, this is what Pastor James is saying, and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Oh man, congratulations. Can you imagine if someone accepted Jesus on a Sunday morning and I, I hit him up after the service and go, you got 600 and something things that you got to learn and memorize and follow now. Congratulations. I don't know how you're going to get into heaven though. It's going to be tough. Would that be weird? That would be weird. Discouraging people. No. He says, my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, look at the wisdom of God by the Holy Spirit on this man. We should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols. Why? That can be a big stumbling block for people, man. That can make them fall away from the faith and everything else. Trying to explain to them, say, I can do this in faith. This was a sacrifice to this animal. I mean, to this this." fake deity or whatever, this God with a little g. He says, look, let's simplify. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols. They shouldn't eat food offered to idols from sexual immorality. What is that? Sexual activity outside of marriage. Any sexual activity outside of marriage, that's sexual immorality. Real simple. From eating the meat of strangled animals, that's interesting, and from consuming blood. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city on every Sabbath for many generations. Man, call it centuries. Can you imagine? He just shrunk it down. He shrunk all the requirements down to that just real quick. Just the wisdom of God. Then the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul <clears throat> excuse me, and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barsabbas, and Silas. I've always liked that name, Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. Isn't that good news? 
We didn't send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're sending Judas and Silas to confirm that what we have decided concerning your question. They not only sent Paul and Barnabas back to them who had been there before, they sent others to confirm, to say, yes, this is true. Scripture says, in the mouth of two or more witnesses, every word is confirmed, right? For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. Here's repetition right here. Check this out. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. We're not going to bring up all 600 and something precepts. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. Isn't that great? I love the finality of that. Hey, do these few things. If you do it, you're going to do great. Wow, such wisdom. Farewell. Anyone have any questions tonight before I read a couple more verses? I figured there, there aren't any. but The messengers went at once to Antioch where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Scripture says a word fitly spoken in due season, right? Brings joy and encouragement, the right thing at the right time. Let's pray together tonight. Great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Let's pray. I don't know who's listening to me on the live stream tonight, and I don't know who will be listening later on SoundCloud. Chances are there will be people listening to this message tonight that I will never meet until we get to heaven together. But if there's someone in this house or on the live stream or on the recording, listening to the recording, I'm sorry, that has never accepted Jesus, would you raise your hand, please? If this is for you, say, man, I've never accepted Jesus. Let's just make sure right now. Everyone in this house, repeat with me, because man, this could be br future brothers and sisters in the Lord listening to this word tonight. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus is Lord, and I believe He died and rose again for my sin to save me from hell. I believe. Forgive me, Lord. And cleanse me. I'm so sorry. I receive the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Now let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for everybody who listened to this message tonight. Everybody who will listen to this message. God, I believe, I can just see it right now. I can see it having a multiplying effect in the future as people listen and listen and share and tell. And Lord, it's just your word. It's your word. Scripture says you sent your word and healed them. Scripture also says you sent your word and forgave all their sins. Your word is powerful. Your word accomplishes what you send it to accomplish. Lord, we thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper or work. It won't because we put you first. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone in this house, over everyone at the sound of my voice. Lord, speak to us. Reveal yourself to us through your word. We know you're alive because you speak to us every day through your word. I thank you today that you're with us, that you're faithful, 
and you are working miracles in our lives. Every day is a miracle. There are big miracles or small ones, but God, we know you are faithful and you are the God of miracles. You're the provider. You're the Lord, our shepherd. You're the God who hears. You're the God who sees. You're the great God of the universe, the creator, our redeemer, the one who saved us. We thank you tonight and we praise you, Lord. Thank you for your word and this time together. In Jesus' name, somebody 